0: Suzanne. And I'm Zoe.
1: Hi, and you're listening to Sex Advice for Seniors, and I'm back with the wonderful Zoe, my new co-host, and we thought we'd get down and maybe a little bit, yeah, it's going to get a bit maybe awkward for some people. I don't know. We're going to talk about how much responsibility we have as parents, we're both parents, to talk about sex with our kids at what age do you start those conversations? And what's going on now with kids that requires that we talk about sex with them? Because <laughs> I think a lot is going on. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs>
1: and I know that. And my kids are 29 and 31. So let's just give some context here. And yours are a bit younger than that.
0: Yeah, 16 and 26. Is a young man. Yeah, so, and that's... Uh...
1: Uh, So uh, my experience is is quite interesting because I'm not going to identify them, but one of my kids never really watches porn, never really has watched porn, no interest in porn, which apparently makes him almost like a unicorn. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. His friends don't actually believe him because they are so used to it that they just don't even believe that they just think he's lying. Right. Uh, yeah. The younger one on the other hand was exposed to it in his early teens. And we've had some conversations about that. And some of my friends have with younger children that are closer to your son's age have told me that their kids came home from school 10 years old stuff on their phones that was mm. explicit and going, Hey, look, mom, look what I've got on my phone that somebody
0: sent me in the playground. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's absolutely pervasive. Now we have to assume that kids are going to be exposed to pornography. Yeah. Um, At an early age. And, you know, there are studies that say um, m- m- the the overwhelming majority of kids are exposed to pornography by the age of eight. Some even earlier, right? Yeah. Um, so, and you know, there are all kinds of parental controls, but our kids don't just live in our homes. They're out, you know, in the world. And, yeah, um, you know, I had a, a you know, uh, an adult content blocker on my, on my kids devices, but, um, and you can delay giving your kid a device. I mean, I live in Los Angeles and my kids got their phones at the age of 12 Yeah, and it was essential for us to keep them safe for them to be able to contact us to, you know, there's a lot of debate about device use and eliminating devices for young people is not the solution.
1: No, and I think, so you know, one let's... of the big problems as well is like when I was growing up, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I didn't really have any information at all. I didn't, I mean, I'll just be honest. I thought that the nerves in the penis were at the base for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a bloody clue how the thing worked. Did yeah. not have a clue. I thought the yeah. reason you sat down on it or did something was so it so it, you got to the end of it. The other end, like, I didn't know, right? I literally did not know until somebody told me, and I had to say it, I was well into being an adult when they said to me, your blowjobs are really terrible. And here's why, right? I didn't know. I, I literally had no idea. And I had no real guidance from my parents. Sex education was about biology. That's all it was, not yeah. pleasure, not anything. Right. You know, so I just had to learn on the job, really. I just had to learn on the job. And now, of course, we've got the opposite. Which is they're just getting really bad information immediately. Yeah. And now we have to it's like when you when you learn to drive in one country, right? And you move to another one and they make you take your driving test and you've already been driving for twenty years and you have to unlearn all the shit that you learned when you were driving in the other country. That's yes. kind of what it feels like. It's like you have to unteach them all the yeah. crap
0: you know i think whatever era we've grown up in even even us you know and and i had a i had a lot of really good information early on and i i look back and i think you know i've been thinking about it this week knowing that we were going to have this conversation and i actually talked to my mom who's now 92 and um and thinking about all the things that she did right and i I thanked her and I, and I articulate, she said, what are you talking about? I don't even think I did anything about that. And I was like, yeah, you did. Here are the things that you did. Just a couple anecdotes from my, my life. I, I started masturbating when I was three. Wow. Which, which is not entirely uncommon. She's a preschool, she was a retired preschool teacher. And she said it was not uncommon for her to be like, she played the piano and sang songs and she'd turn around and, Uh, one of the little girls would have her hand up her skirt, you know, like it, you know, she said, there's quite a bit of like innocent exploration, you know, and so um, when I started masturbating at three, and like, you don't have orgasms at three, like that doesn't, it's just pleasurable, You're you're starting yeah. to feel those sensations, right? I had no idea it's not related to sex, I could have been like, you know, uh, rubbing my knee and it would have felt good. And I, and, you know, so she asked the, I was in the living room watching Sesame street and, <laughs> um, and we had this great table that was just the right height for me to lean into and feel, pl- you know, pleasure in my vulva area. And so she asked the pediatrician what she should do if there's, if this is a problem, because I guess apparently it became, I was doing it a lot. <laughs> And <laughs> unfortunately I had a, I had a, a progressive pediatrician. I mean, I didn't think he was progressive. He was just, you know, one of my friend's fathers. And he said, don't tell her to stop. It's fine. Just tell her that that's something that we do in the, in, in our own room, in the privacy of our own room. So I got that message early on and I was, you know, I was a, a, exploring pleasure in my body from a very young age. And for me, it was, it was almost an altered state of consciousness. You know, it wasn't sexual. I had no idea what sex was. I, you know, my best friend was the pediatrician's daughter and she was a little more informed than I was. She went on to be the valedictorian in our graduating class and, you know, She came to my book reading um, last summer with her mother, and I got to tell you, I haven't seen her in decades, and I felt like we were three again. It was so much fun. We had so much fun. Funny. Yeah, and so I had that sort of permission. This is fine. I could explore what's happening in my body. I mean, it's just the same thing as like, you know, my eyes get wet when they cry and you know this is how it feels when I swallow and when I am really hungry my stomach growls and when I touch my vulva in a certain way it feels really good and that was it and then I saw Georgie Girl when I was about I think that movie came out when I was eight or ten when I saw Georgie Girl um alan bates is uh, like lynn redgrave is running through georgie is i guess she has discovered that he's sleeping with her friend or roommate or something and she gets mad and she runs out of the flat and she runs into the the subway do you call it a subway uh the the underground yeah the underground that's right of course (laughs) what am i thinking she runs uh i can't remember are they in new york or london I think they must be in London. I think they're in London. Yeah. 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 So she's in the underground and she's running away. And Alan Bates is like running after her. Georgie, Georgie, come back, come back. If you don't come back, I'm going to get stark naked. And all of a sudden I felt the same feeling as when I was touching my vulva. And I was like, what? I mean, my hands were not there. You know, my hands, I'm holding my hands up right now. My hands were like, and I was like, oh, oh. Oh, okay. So, like, I got that sort of, it got connected that what I was doing and that pleasure I was feeling could be generated by relational dynamics, right? Yeah. Well, that became part of my arousal template, and now I'm, like, very turned on by the idea of having sex in a subway.
1: (laughs) Well, I think sometimes I always like to think that sometimes it's our very first experiences of feeling aroused that often implant the seed, right, for us. And
0: yeah, that's actually... That's very true. I have a client who has to have smelly gym shoes near her, oh
1: my God, that's revolting <laughs> oh no, I mean for me my uh, I lost my virginity in a squat in Regent's Park in an, an almost very anonymous way, and I still just really like a, a, a an, you know like that kind mm-hmm. of i'm a I'm a bit yeah yeah anything that's a bit um sleazy <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't do very well in kind of when people want it all romantic and stuff. I'm sort of like, eh, whatever.
0: But yeah, yeah.
1: but, but going back to that, I think you, I mean, look, you were so lucky. I think you were, you were so blessed to be like, there were so many things that could have gone wrong in so in that whole story that you told about being a three-year-old. I mean, you know, your mother could have said, stop that. That's disgusting. She could have gone to the pediatrician who said, you must tell her to stop that right now. You know, all of that. And that would have been the blueprint for all so much that could have followed, right? The fact that she went, he said, yeah, it's fine. Just tell her to do it in her room. You know, like, yeah. fine, great. Yeah. I was incredibly lucky, really so, so lucky because I suspect so many of us have been brought up with shame around so much of this. And so sex is just like a whole big mess of shame, really, that we have to yes. unravel. But, yes. um, but yeah, I mean, and I think that's another thing. It's like, as parents, how much of what we've been taught ourselves or how we feel about sex is what we pass down onto our kids. I mean, you know, my kids have had discussions with me in the opposite way about the fact that I probably was too open with them when I was going through a lot of alternative lifestyles and really experimenting. And I was so like, cool. You know, I thought I was being really cool about it, but in retrospect, my kids are like, you know what, we were too young really to appreciate what was going on and it was kind of inappropriate mom. And we don't think you really should have done that. You know, and, and, and they're both single at the moment and, you know, they don't blame me for not being able to sustain relationships, but, they're you know from a sexual point of view though I think that I never I never made them feel ashamed of sex I was always really open with them about it and when one of my sons um, told me that he was experiencing some issues and um, I asked him if he watched a lot of porn he went yeah and I was like well I think you gotta knock that one on the head now yeah yeah because these kids I th- are having erectile dysfunction like we're not even talking they're not even in their 20s some of these kids
0: yeah. right yes i know well i think what happens is um i mean look i i have a whole career and a whole client roster of people who are basically i'm i'm helping them unwind all of the explicit and implicit messages around sex that they have absorbed through the the shame of their you know a lot of them are have been raised in in I don't know if you have this over there in the UK but here in the United States we have purity culture like evangelical christian churches who are um promoting you know that you stay pure and you have a purity ring and then you know you don't do anything until after you're married yeah. and so these people are like completely unfamiliar at all whatsoever. And then all of a sudden they're supposed to flip a switch and understand their bodies and have, have sex that is satisfying. And it doesn't work that way. And it's all caught up in morality. And what ends up happening is you can't grow up thinking sex is wrong. No. And then all of a sudden flip that and it's right. Your, your mind and your body are completely, it's a very symbiotic relationship And, um, just thinking that now it's all of a sudden, because I'm married, because the, the, you know, the church and my parents and the people in my life tell me it's okay to have sex. I've, I've spent my life programming myself not to want sex, to think that sexual desire is dangerous. Yeah. It's, it's really, really traumatic. I mean, if you ask me and, you know, it's a form of abuse in a way, you know?
1: Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, we before this, we were talking about um, Cindy Gallup, who has a site called Make Love Not Porn. Um, and she did an interview recently, and she was asked about, you know, what are some of the things that we can do as parents to support our children to have a healthy sex life? And some of the things she said, which I which a few people I know who again work in the in the kind of this area have said is a we can tell children when they bring their phone and they show us an explicit image, we can make it clear to them that's like a cartoon. It's like something that's not real. people, real people don't do things like you know it's it doesn't represent reality. And tried to help them to understand that this is what, you know, what you see in the movies is not what you want to go on in real life, which I thought was a good message. And my friend did that with her 10 year old son. And the other thing she said, which I really thought was was a really good tip was just to talk about what sex is you know mm-hmm. about kindness and about consent and about you know like like all the positives of sex without saying don't do this we need to point them to what to do
0: yeah yes what one the way i think about it and the way i've done this with my kids and we'll see my daughter is fabulous and and uh and and she's a woman so she's communicative and she's Um, and, and now at 26, she and I have a lot of conversations about sex and, um, and both ways. I mean, neither of my kids, my son is still 16. So like, I'm, you know, he doesn't want to think of me as a sexual person at all. I think probably in some, somewhere, he's so funny when he was a little, I mean, not so little, but, um, maybe he was about 12. He sat down at my desk at my computer and he said, and he put my headphones on and he said, um, he was pretending to be me. And just what I was like off, you know, in the, in the kitchen, which is, I can kind of see him from the, I can see the desk from my kitchen. And he said, hi, I'm mommy cores and I help women feel good about their vaginas. <laughs> Oh, so it's like okay. I'll take that. That's a good summary of what I do. Um oh, but I think neither of my kids want to think of me as a sexual person. That's yeah. not really what they I mean, now at 26, that's fine. Yeah. Um but you know, but like, you know, my son is like puts his hands over his ears. <laughs> la 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 I can't hear you. Um so here's the thing. I think with kids, it's really important to talk about body parts, call them body parts. Don't say down there. Don't say your hoo-ha. Don't say all of that. Teach them what a vulva is, what a you know, you don't call your kidneys your bobos. Like just have a conversation about body parts. They're body parts. Yeah. And I think that it's really important to create a climate at home in the home in which it's okay to like explore your entire body, connect with your body, you know? when and and all the sensations does that feel good does that not feel good and start non non genitals like just your hands and your eyeballs and your like everything yeah. and then all of those body parts just sort of get in that it, like seen through that lens yeah. and then i think it's super important to allow and not promote necessarily like But to to talk about self-pleasure and exploring your body and and the sensations that it can feel. When my daughter was about 13, I think, 13, I think is the age, I sort of decided. And based on her, you know, level of maturity and emotional, psychological, social development, I gave her a hand mirror and a tub of coconut oil and said, here, explore yourself. Yeah. And, you know... I mean, I don't really know if she did. I didn't. I didn't ask her to tell me all about it. I just like let her have those tools. I also kept a drawer of condoms in the house, and and am about to do this for my son as well. And I said, "Here's here's a drawer of condoms. Yeah. I don't I, I don't count them. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, not I- going to keep an inventory. They're here." <laughs> For, for you know, anybody in the house that needs a condom, they're here.
1: <laughs> well, when my son was 17, he went off to his first festival somewhere and I gave him like about six condoms and now he, he was, he hadn't lost his virginity and I gave him some condoms and he was like, he looked at me and he was like, mom, honestly, I'll never forget. He goes, mom, honestly, do you really think... I am going to go from being a virgin to having sex three, six times at a festival, (laughs) right? And I was like, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. Something could happen. You might, you know, you might meet somebody. And he was like, I don't think so, okay? I'm just telling you. The only thing that happened at that festival was he got so sunburned because he didn't bring out sun cream that he ended up in the infirmary with, like serious oh. practically third degree burns and had to oh be no. like covered in cream and clothing and everything for the rest of the festival came back dropped the six condoms back in my <laughs> <hand>. <laughs> went, and went there you go there you go <laughs> I love your son. (laughs) Um, That was really funny. The other thing I did was that years and years ago, I made two sex education videos, safe sex education videos for adults called Modern Loving. Me and a friend of mine got too drunk at a dinner party, decided that there wasn't enough good sex videos out there that taught people proper good sex Using protection that this was pre porn this was back in the DVD age, so yeah. we put we invested like seventy thousand nearly a hundred thousand dollars of our own money because I had oh. money back then and i made i made i made these two videos um, with real couples that 's a story in itself called modern loving and when one of my sons told me that his girlfriend wasn't having orgasms and he didn't really know what he was meant to be doing and she obviously probably didn't know too much either I gave him the video and I said to him you go watch this and let me know how you get on <laughs> and, he, yeah. and, he, and he watched it actually with his girlfriend and then oh. he and then he came and said to me this was a few days later he said you know we watch this video. And I said, and mm, had that work for you? And he said, it worked really well.
0: Oh, yay, mom. Awesome. <laughs>
1: I thought, well, because I lost money, I had to fold that business. It was a financial disaster. And I thought, I said to him, can I use that in a press release? And he was like, no, absolutely 100% <laughs> no way. You are never <laughs> using that in a press release or anywhere else clearly until this podcast, but it's way too late now. He's way grown up. But yeah, yeah I thought, well, in a way I thought that was 50,000 pounds so that she could
0: have a really good
1: time. Yeah. So that's good. Um, well,
0: she could have a really good time and your, and your son has some skills. Absolutely. There will be- He's got yeah. skills now. Yeah. <laughs> Bravo. Money well spent.
1: But yeah, I mean, I do think there's also that. It's like, if it's awkward right there are places that you can go like Cindy's Make Love not porn site like yes. DVDs or other like sex education material that's actually good because we do have to contend with the fact that they are like it or not going to get their education from like it's almost impossible to stop it to from watching porn so we have to, you know, we have to have a bank of resources, right? That we go. No, yeah. no, it doesn't go like that. It's like this.
0: There are a couple of things that I feel are really important to talk about. Um, one is that, um, you know, as I as I mentioned, I think you know from the clinical perspective, when I now look back, I've worked with you know hundreds and thousands of people in um, sort of unwinding their porn based. Uh, sex education, you know, or, or deficient sex education, all, all, you know, at various points for various reasons. Yeah. And so the, the, the thing that is so important, the, the biggest miss in all of this is the lack of permission and education to have a relationship with your own body. To be told that what you're feeling and your drives and your sensations and your desires are wrong or dangerous teaches you to dissociate from your body and to stop listening to your body. It doesn't mean you have to act on it. It doesn't mean you have to act on it with someone else in a situation that may not be healthy and safe and empowering either emotionally or physically, but it does, it does mean that like we need to have a relationship with our body and listen to it and understand it and love it. And, um, and so that is the foundation of a healthy sex life. And that's something that we can do as parents quite easily without having a talk about penis and vagina sex or, you know, or, or any other kind of sex, you know? Yeah. So there's that. Then I think it's also important to teach our kids as they start to, you know, <laughs> I don't know when the right time is, and there's probably not a right time for all kids, but I, but your kids are going to talk to each other sometime around the age of between 10 and 12. Mm. And I think at that point, certainly by the age of 12, I think it's really important to talk about that. That grown-ups have sex for pleasure because it feels good, not just because we want to make a baby and we have sex, like you we've each had sex twice in our whole lives. You know? Yeah. Not that's we need to just normalize that this is something that grown-ups do, that yeah. adults do. And that just because your body shows signs of of arousal or or desire or you're turned on by the idea of sex doesn't mean that you're emotionally and, um, like psychologically, socially ready for that. And, um, and what the body wants and what the heart and the mind want are, can be totally two different things. So you can keep doing whatever you want with your body, but, but there are things that you you need as a human being, as a sensitive human being, relationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is kindness, respect, consent. I'm not even talking about the, the like, you need to be in a romantic relationship. I don't believe that at all. Some of the best sex I've had has been outside of a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and be- by best, I mean healthy and empowered and um respectful and consensual and all of that. So yeah, I think that just having these conversations, you know, kids aren't kids are scared of sex too. It's not like we 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 have this idea or some people have this idea that you show kids pornography, they're gonna be running around you know, can I say the F-word? Yes. You know, having having fucking everything. They're not gonna yeah. run around. They're scared of sex too. Yeah, even boys. Well, and also
1: what we, you know, what we know about it is, I, re- I remember a few years ago going to a uh, a discussion, and there was a gynecologist speaking, and of course, uh, she was saying that you know young girls are turning up in her clinics with anal tears and things because all the, again all the stuff that they're watching isn't showing all the you know all the prep and everything that goes into people doing this so these kids are reenacting this stuff it's hurting it's terrible and and so they're you know i think you're right there's there's stuff about understand your body, feel good about your body, understand what feels good for you. And the only way you can do that really is, as you said, at the very beginning, to just explore your body from, you know, you can do that at any age. It's you can, you know, you started at three. It's just about (laughs) understanding what, what gives you pleasure. And then understanding as well, you can say no, you know, that's, that's especially for both sexes, right? You can say no, giving people the, you know, empowering both genders to understand that no is totally possible. We don't have to feel that we've all got to lose our virginity at 16 or 17 years old. You can wait as long as you want to wait. Like there's no time limit on any of this sort of stuff. And, and to recognize as you said that once you go once you go there, it isn't just two bodies fitting together and doing stuff. There's a whole lot of stuff that's gonna go on in your brain. And, yeah. And it gets complicated. And that's when it gets really complicated. Cause if it was literally just, you know, fucking and you could just go away and went feels good. That feels great. But obviously we know it doesn't work like that. <laughs> and, yeah. And then you're, yeah. so you know, the emotional maturity is just as equally important as the physical maturity because yes. sex is something that takes a certain level of maturity. Otherwise people get hurt.
0: Yes, that's right. You know. And, and the conflation of sex and romance can can um not romance like committed relationship you know is really um is really a shame as well I have a whole chapter in my book called the attachment myth about the way that women are programmed conditioned to believe that they need to have a, a deep emotional connection and by connection that actually means like attachment to you know the outcome. And the all of that is just conditioning. It's just a belief system that we've internalized and we pretend that our brains are different than male brains and that we want, you know, that we need to feel someone's commitment to feel safe enough to enjoy sex. And that's bullshit also, you know.
1: <laughs> well, I'm reading I, a book called Attached at the Moment, so don't even get me started because Okay. I'm looking at that. <laughs> we have to have a whole separate conversation about that because I'm reading this book like going, no, bullshit. That's bullshit. Total I- bullshit. <laughs> 150%
0: bullshit. No. Yes. <laughs> Suzanne, I, I feel like, you know, we often have two hosts that are like point counterpoint
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: and, and we're just on the same side <laughs> for everything.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're not
0: going to have a lot of debates here.
1: <laughs> no, We will, but you know, I think it's, a, it's important to recognize that once you reach a certain level in this world of sex and, and, and relationships and experience that it's easy to come to similar conclusions, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yes. what I think. I just think I've been out there, I've been doing this for so long, and I've just kind of seen and understand now that certain things I've been taught just are crap. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, many and and many. many of it, and and I had to and I had to learn that by by sleeping with hundreds of people, and other people can learn it just <laughs> by listening to us. <laughs>
0: Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. They
1: don't, have to, they don't have to go through the war zones. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyway, I think we've come to the end of our, well, we've slightly overextended our 30 minutes, but I think there's been some very good tips there. Any final words of advice to all those parents out there?
0: Um, you know, conversation and communication is everything. And I think it's, it's so, you know, you can let your kids lead to a certain extent Mm. and look for ways of, um, of sort of connecting your kids to pleasure in general, non-sexual pleasure, Mm. and use that as an, uh, an entree into conversations about all kinds of physical sensations. I also, um, I also think that it's important that you kind of like do the work on your own as a parent to reconcile your own awkwardness and fears and hangups, and don't bring that to your children. Like, you know, conquer that. Do your work to heal the the sort of disconnect and um, and stigma around your own sexuality, so that you're not you're not creating a legacy of like sexual dysfunction and hangups. That is such good advice. I'm going to k- take that away with me. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Zoe, it's been and- lovely. We'll be back again talking about something. Um, lovely to see you. Yes, likewise.